Hey, what's going on, guys? Welcome back to the Jeremy Scott Fitness Podcast Radio Show. Coming to you on this Sunday, September the 25th, 2022. Hopefully it finds you staying safe and staying sweaty all at the same time. On today's episode, I'm answering a question, or questions if you will, that many of you ask in terms of flexible dieting. Uh, what is it? What's my opinion on it? And just going again over cheat meals and treat meals and, and how to kind of program those into your day, how I do them, how it's evolved over the years, and maybe some options that might be best for you guys. Because at the end of the day, if I'm being transparent, most people, that's the biggest struggle. Uh, we, you can get people to, to be active and, and move around first. The healthy eating habits and drinking habits tend to lag way, way behind. And for a lot of people, that is usually their Achilles heel. And a lot of times, it's just because they haven't found out what works for them yet, or a different way to phrase it, maybe they haven't done enough uh, exploration, they're not willing to audit enough in terms of what works best for their personality type, uh, their work schedule, goals, travel schedule, and then that shifts and changes over time, where a deadlift's a deadlift's a deadlift, I'm not saying that you can't do different variations or you won't as you age, but the mechanics are the same, where the eating for a lot of people they either weren't taught the principles, uh, they never really understood them, and that's kind of where the uh, the disconnect is. And there's so much information out there that I think is just complete bullshit, so it's tough to navigate. So we're going to talk about that today, and hopefully it helps you guys, and I'm going to walk you through some protocols and some of the best practices that I've used and we've used with people here who have you know, literally went from 300 pounds to being a you know, 185 pound, you know, their version of Rambo. Or, you know, a female who is 250 pounds and now she's 150 pounds and she feels like a rock star. And again, I'm not saying like you can't be those weights and be healthy. Don't send me this crazy message bullshit. It's just when you're, again, you can be happy at any weight. I'm never going to say you can't be. Happiness is it's an individual choice. But if you're five foot six and you're a dude and you're 325 pounds, you're not healthy. The height to weight ratio is just not working. The body fat's going to be way too high. The amount of stress on the organs and the joints, and the same thing if you're a female and you're, you know, five foot four and you're two hundred and seventy-seven pounds, like that that weight is not serving you, and it's taking away from your life. It's not adding to your life, and that's all I'm saying here is we've helped people do this. We've helped people lose unwanted weight that is not serving their body and put them in a position to be successful, and that is today's podcast. Now, real quick before I begin, uh, the Jeremy Scott Fitness app, you guys know it's live. The last day um, for you to get a month for a dollar is Tuesday, September the 27th. You have like two days. Uh, if you listen to old podcasts, you'll hear me say this, but you'll never hear me say you can do a month for a buck ever again. This is the last episode I'm ever saying it on. This is the last time we're ever running that deal in the history of time. If I live for 5,000 more years, I am not giving a month away for a dollar. It's been ridiculous. Uh, it's helped a lot of you guys. It's got a lot of you in there. I'm very thankful. I'm happy to have you know, saved you a couple bucks, especially when the world is going ridiculous with money and how much things cost. But no longer are we doing that. So if you want to get in the Jeremy Scott Fitness app and get all my weekly workouts, have access to me if you want all of our programs, all of our nutrition content, all of the talks I do are inside of there. JeremyScottFitness.app. You can get 30 days for a dollar. 
until Tuesday, September 27th. After that, we will have a new deal, which is still going to be awesome, but it is not as ridiculous as a month for a buck. That's insanity. But it's helped you guys, and I'm happy to uh, happy to do it. So Jeremy Scaffin does that app. Check it out. Also, you already know, we're brought to you by my homies at Athletic Greens. The one thing I take every single day. What I'll ask people is this. Do you eat 10 to 12 servings of fruits and veggies a day? The answer for most of you is no. If not, Athletic Greens is an easy way to cover the gaps that you're missing. There's a probiotic in there. There's a digestive enzyme in there. If you're taking 14 different pills, this can replace that as well. Simply grab a pack or a scoop, throw in some water, shake it, and you're good to go. It takes about 30 seconds. It's the easiest one and done for you, kind of everything in one supplement that there is. That's why we work with these guys, and it's the best tasting greens. If you want to check it out, athleticgreens.com slash Jeremy Scott will give you a year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first order for free. You check it out. Or if you're like, well, Jeremy, I'm not sure I want to order a whole month worth, hit me up, send us a message. I don't care how you get in contact with us. Don't feel weird. Don't be nervous. We're not saying it just for lip service. We want you to actually send us your info and we will mail you the packs right to your front door. You can try them, see if you like them, and then get hooked up with all the free stuff we're giving you and just take them every day like I do. Pretty, there's, it's a, it's a win-win. You, you can't lose. If you take them and you're like, ah, oh, these are disgusting, they're terrible. First of all, it's not a milkshake. It's greens, but there's not another greens that compares to it. That, and that has all the same things inside of it. So if you're willing to understand that, cool. And if you're really like, well, I'll never drink it. I just won't do it. I'm too lazy and I hate it. That's fine. But at least you could try it for free. So message us. We'll give you the free sample pack. Otherwise, athleticgreens.com slash Jeremy Scott will give you guys a year supply of vitamin D and five for travel packs with your first order. And what I tell people who are uh, on the fence about it, it's not an expense. It's an investment and in yourself. What I ask people is, are you healthier with it or without it? And then you decide from there. It's the same way I feel about uh, our coaching here. It's the same way that I feel about our app here. You know, are you healthier working with me or not working with me? And I'm not saying you can't be, I'm not saying you're not way healthier than me already. And I'm not saying that you can't be 10 times more successful without listening to me talk or work with me whatsoever. But for a lot of people, are you healthier working with us or without us? Are you healthier taking this or not taking this? It's a simple question you can ask for a lot of things in life, and that's just kind of how I frame it to people. So food for thought here. Also, we're brought to you by my friends at BeamCBD, BeamTLC.com. You can put in the code Jeremy Scott. We'll get you 20% off all products, 35% off all subscriptions, or maybe I have that reversed. I don't have my notes in front of me. Either way, you're going to smoke and deal from Beam. Uh, THC-free. Uh, I take the dream product most nights to go to sleep. I believe Heather takes it like every single night. Again, uh, it's not habit forming. You're not going to wake up feeling groggy. It's not going to get you high. You're not going to fill a drug test, but it will help you get to sleep and stay asleep in the most natural way possible. I like the cinnamon chocolate. She's been doing the pumpkin spice lately because it's that time of year. If you guys want to try the beam, uh, cinnamon chocolate, I have a bunch of free samples here. Same deal. Don't be weird. Message us. Send them right to you. You can try them if you like them. If it helps you sleep and stay asleep, then get hooked up with a huge discount. If you don't like them, don't buy them. Pretty simple. Uh, otherwise, right now in the show notes, beamtlc.com, put in the code Jeremy Scott, and we'll save you on everything. Honestly, they have a ton of products, you guys. I just take the dream one uh, the most, but they have all the salves and balms and tinctures. If you're a, 
a more natural type person and you want to try the CBD route before taking a bunch of hard-ass pharmaceuticals, uh, that's for you. And all other sponsors are in the show notes. Our friends at JLab Pro, where we get our protein, turmeric, collagen, and our curl oils. Uh, sleep sold separately, where I get my joggers and my hoodies. And Kettle and Fire Bone Broth as well. We have discount codes for all of those products in the show notes if you want to try them. So, before I talk specifically on flexible dieting and cheat meals and treat meals and however you want to phrase it, just a couple real quick things. As you're going through life and you get older, hopefully you get wiser, at least I have, and and typically that has just come from me uh, making mistakes and stumbling and falling and and fucking up stuff, uh, probably like many of you. The one thing I've learned probably more so in the last couple years, and maybe even the last year specifically, is that nothing's free. It really isn't. And I've always known that. And it's become more like solidified in, in my belief that nothing is free. And when I say that, I just, I'm referring to everything comes at a cost. I've always known this with time and becoming, you know, good at something or wanting to become good at something. There's sacrifice involved and there's going to be dedication involved and there's going to be delayed gratification involved. And I've talked, I talked about this with David Jack on, on Friday if you guys listened, it's a crazy episode. He's a, he's a crazy dude. And I don't mean that like he's a crazy, like he's just a, he's a unique, he's a unique human. I've learned a lot um, from him more so than probably anybody um, in my circle, which is insane to say, but everything comes at a cost and everything takes a certain level of delayed gratification to get. And what I was talking to him about on the episode was, I always go back to, to, to what I know, and I, I don't know a lot, um, but I know sports, and I played sports, and I have some natural athletic abilities that uh, I've, I've really become clear as I'm older now, and I'm doing things that um, people my age cannot do uh, any, anymore or never could do, honestly, which is crazy to think. But there's a certain level of delayed gratification that comes with putting in work that a lot of people aren't willing to do. And I always revert back to sport because that's all I knew. That's all I knew as a kid. I sucked at school and I didn't care about it. Uh, I didn't think it was important to me and I just was bad at it. So I kind of just punted it and, you know, skated by. But with sport, I had some natural athletic ability, but I wasn't good at the sport yet, right? Like if you're naturally athletic, you can be good at like basketball, right? But you can't dribble and you can't shoot and the skill of it you're not good at. Same thing with baseball. You can you probably run and you maybe can catch and you can throw, but you can't hit yet. You can't pitch yet because you haven't worked on the skill of it. And I'll always go back to that. And maybe that's why in my brain it kind of became natural because at a young age I learned, well, if you want to be good at this thing, you're going to have to put a lot of time, effort, and energy into it. And you have to do that for a long time before you get any resemblance of being good. You guys still with me? So everything comes at a cost. And so being good at a sport, come, there's a price you pay. You have to put in a lot of time. You have to put in a lot of effort. 
You have to drill down and you have to do repetitive things over and over and over and over again. You have to be willing to adapt and learn and adapt and learn for a long period of time and you'll improve in increments. There'll be an initial, you know, quick jump, but then it's just refining the skill, refining the skill, getting better and better and better. In fitness is the same way, obviously. You're going to start out in fitness and there's going to be an initial, you know, progress made. You know, you lost 30 pounds real quick or you got, you know, relatively strong. We call those beginner gains. But then you have to keep putting in the work and keep putting in the work and keep putting in work. And the better you get, the smaller the changes will be, but you will get better. But that comes at a cost. I've talked about it here before on the podcast. I think the one I did was the cost of getting lean or or living ripped 365. You're going to pay a price to be super fit. You just will. And the leaner you get, the more of a price you'll pay. And sometimes that toll is not worth paying, man for a lot of people, you know, the juice isn't worth the squeeze is the, is the dumbed down way that I think about it. And it goes the same for your career. It comes at a cost. There's, there's CEOs who are, you know, multimillionaires and billionaires, but their fucking family hates them. That's a real thing. Their career came at a cost. Your career is going to come at a cost to you. Everything we pay a price for some of it's good, some of it's bad. And sometimes the price is worth paying, and sometimes the price is not worth paying. And I can't draw that line for you, and that's kind of the beauty of life is we get to try different things and, and hopefully learn along the way and not get 40 years into something and realize it wasn't worth it. And I, I, I throw that out there, not that I have any you know magic answers for you, but just as you're going through your life and you look at the, the things that you want, asking yourself the question, why do I want them? And is that price I'm willing to pay for that thing, is the cost worth it? Like if you want to live in a $5 million house, is it worth it to you? It sounds awesome, but what price are you willing to pay? And I don't just mean the money. What is it going to take from you versus what it gives you? I think of fitness this way. If I was to want to be 250 pounds, I'm going to pay a price to be 250 and jacked. And is that going to add to my life overall or take away from my life? And not just in, in terms of how I look and how strong you are, but how do I move? How do I feel? How much time is that going to take away from my friends and my family? How much, uh, you know, am I going to be a pain in the ass in social situations? Can I have to eat a certain way and drink a certain way? And all those things come together. And so I just, I frame it for the simple fact of there's certain things I'm not willing to pay the price for, just like you are. And only you can decide that. And on the same sentence, everything, there's no even, right? Like I think we we get wrapped up in thinking there's this like, there's this even ground. It's always give and take, right? It's like if you're having a good day, I can promise you're going to have a bad day. If you're having a bad day, I can promise you you're going to have a good day at some point. They're not just all going to be bad days. They're not just all going to be good days because you wouldn't appreciate the things if there wasn't peaks and valleys. So in the same sentence, all good things do come with a cost, just as all struggles and all shitty things come with lessons and opportunities. And that's what I mean. Like there's a, there's a balance there that we all find all the awesome things in your life, your your wife, your husband, the house you live in, the degrees you have, the career you've achieved, your kids' success, their, their happiness, all the, 
all those things that are awesome that you value, you've paid a price for. They come at a cost. Just as all the shit things in your life, the thing, the worst things that have happened to you, the struggles, uh, the failures, the, the heartbreaks, those moments, those all come with lessons and oftentimes opportunities. I'm speaking from personal experience, all my failed relationships, all of my failed you know, uh, athletic endeavors, all my fa- failed business attempts and, and things that we tried to do that never worked for years. All the things in my life that, you know, if you could go back and redo it, I wouldn't because it all brought me here. But in this like alternate reality, all the things that if I could go back that I wish I would have done different, they've given me the most valuable lessons in my life and they've made me better in the future. All my worst moments, all the things that I fucking like hated going through. And when I think about it now, still you know, kind of make me either sad or depressed. And I, and I pray or hope that they never happen again. They have been the greatest lessons for me. They were the biggest opportunities for growth. And they bulletproofed me in ways that prepared me for the next 10 things that came my way. So ultimately, like the worst things that happened to me in some weird fucked up way, or at least I think about it, were some of the best things that ever happened to me. Again, just throwing that out there. Uh, just because I know a lot of people, you know, you're dealing with life, you're dealing with shit. And sometimes it's uh, nice to hear somebody say it in a way that maybe you haven't heard it before or just give you some perspective on things. And I do want to share a quote here real quick by Tara Brock that I think is uh, important. And the quote is, perhaps the biggest tragedy in our lives is that freedom is possible. Yet we can pass are years trapped in the same old patterns. I'll repeat that. Perhaps the biggest tragedy in our lives is that freedom is possible, yet we can pass our years trapped in the same old patterns. And the way that I think about that is freedom is you have choices. All of you do. You, you can choose to live where you want to live. You can choose to eat what you want to eat, drink where you want to drink, drive what you want to drive, live where you want to live. You don't have to work where you work. You have choices and you have options and there is so much beauty in that and there is so much, I don't know, hope in that. Yet a lot of people feel like they have to keep up with the Joneses. They feel like they have to drive this. They have to live there. They have to work this job. They have to make this much money. They have to wear their hair this way or buy these clothes or wear these brands and they're trapped in the same old patterns and they just have been programmed in a certain way and it's a tragedy if they're not happy because there is a freedom that they could have and they could let go of those things because the things are not serving them. Uh, like I just mentioned earlier, they're taking away from their life. They're not adding to their life. So, Again, just something to think about here on this Sunday, as my man David Jack would say. Take what you want, leave the rest. Uh, so we're talking about flexible dieting and cheat meals and treat meals and all the things kind of wrapped up in, you know, that uh, atmosphere of eating. I know a lot of fitness people, uh, as we move forward, hate the term cheat meal or treat meal. You know, again, we can get lost in, in semantics. It's just, it's a phrase we all know. A meal that you enjoy eating that is not, 
in the typical rotation, if you want to phrase it that way. Like people get so, people are just so salty on like, we can, you can't say this, you can't phrase it that way. It's like, what the fuck is going on in the world? Anyways, it's a whole different podcast. So for the sake of this, before you get all salty on me, you know, fitness pro who's never worked with a person before and like, well, Jeremy said cheat meals and that's not a healthy term. Stop it. Um, flexible dieting, cheat meals, treat meals, meals you enjoy outside of your normal rotation. That's what we're talking about here. So what is flexible dieting? If I go back way, way old school for me, like reading the forums on bodybuilding.com, I-I-F-Y-M is what I stumbled on. And back in the day, that's what we would talk about. If it fits your macros, and then the last part of the phrase is eat that shit. That's what the terminology was. Now we've cleaned it up and made it more professional, but that was the old school. So I'd be on these forums and I'm like, what is this? If it fits your macros, eat that shit. And I think the first time I ever read through it, there was some a bodybuilder on there just talking about, well, you know, I like Pop-Tarts and I can eat Pop-Tarts and they fit in my macros. So I'm going to eat that shit. And he could still, you know, be ripped and shredded and, and do the things because it fit into his macro and calorie, whether it's surplus or deficit or for his goals. And that's where that term comes from. So if it fits your macros, you can eat it. Um, so if it fits your macros or flexible dieting, it's not just to eat junk food thing. And that's where, again, like most things in life, uh, we take it to extremes. And uh, as humans, we ruin stuff. That's just what we do. So that's not what that is. Um, that's not the point of flexible dieting. The point of flexible dieting is to have this adherence and flexibility with your choices. And when I say adherence, it's something where you don't feel like you're deprived and you can have the things. It's just the amounts that you can have. And then there's a flexibility in your day so you can choose to, you know, have a couple chips every day. You can choose to have, you know, a couple slices of pizza a week and it can still be in your macro ranges. Does that make sense? You can choose to have like, you know, ice cream if you want to in those ranges. So most people um, fail diets because they're, you know, unrealistic for one and because they're not sustainable. And I'll quote the great and powerful BJ Gadur here, you know, if it's not sustainable, it's not attainable. We've adopted that here. I think that's for life in general. And I'm not saying there isn't seasons of life where, you know, I'm going to be shredded for this physique show or I'm going to be ripped for this photo shoot or I'm going to look my best, you know, uh, you know, post baby or uh, I'm for my vacation, whatever your thing is, that's fine. But we're talking about lifestyle here in general. If it's not sustainable, it's not attainable. And those really regimented strict dieting protocols or these extreme diets, they're not sustainable. Again, I'm not going to sit here and, you know, there's something that works for everybody. And I'm going to talk about that in a little bit. But people will come in and say, well, Jeremy, I'm doing keto. And I'm like, I'm not saying you're not. And I'm not saying you can't do it. I'm not saying it can't, you know, kickstart you or jumpstart you. And I have no problems with it at all. I think it's a great way to eat if it works for you. However, it's really restrictive, man. Well, no, it's not. I'm like, you're not eating any carbohydrates. Like, fucking ever. And... I'm not saying you need to have a beer. I'm not saying you have to have a cinnamon roll. I'm not saying you have to have an an apple or a banana. But fuck, wouldn't it be nice to? 
doesn't that seem like a more sustainable lifestyle? Like I, we went out to dinner Friday night for uh, Dave Jack's birthday. Um, and yeah, I'm going to have a steak and I'm going to get, you know, the, uh, what would I have? Lobster mac and cheese. I haven't not, I don't eat dairy and I haven't had dairy in forever. Uh, but man, um, it was worth it for sure. So it's like, well, if I'm keto, I'm just going to get a steak and eat uh, Brussels sprouts. I eat that every fucking day. Like I want to get the French fries. I want the lobster mac and cheese. I want to have a beer and I want to have a steak with my buddy on his 50th fucking birthday. Like that's sustainable for me. That seems like I'm a real person and something that I could do for the rest of my life. Now I'm going to eat that way every day. No, the guy turns 50 once, you know, we go to a steakhouse together, you know, probably twice a year, three times at the most. So it's like, that's two or three events a year, but it allows me the flexibility to do that. And again, whether that fits my macros or not, it fits into my day and like nothing hurt, nothing lost. It's not restrictive. I didn't, I didn't go there and be like, well, I don't know if I can order this. That's sustainable for me. I'm not saying you can't do keto or, or paleo or whole 30, um, to try it and to learn the habits and behaviors. But for a lot of you, it might be too restrictive. That's where flexible dieting might be a better option for you. And for most people that kind of all or nothing doesn't work long term. So meaning I'm never going to eat carbohydrates. I'm never going to eat meat. Uh, I'm you know, only going to eat meat. Uh, I'm never going to have peanut butter, whatever it may be. For a lot of people, the all or nothing doesn't work long term. It can be great short term. It can kickstart things, but not as a long term way to eat. That's what we focus on here is trying to find something that's going to work for you today, tomorrow and five years from now. And that will evolve and change. But the principles are what are going to stay the same, just like fitness, a deadlift, a squat, a push up an overhead press. Those variations can change. But the principles, I don't care if you have a med ball, kettlebell, dumbbell, small baby, case of beer, a vertical press is a vertical press. The load, you can swap in and out with 900 different things. You can change the hand placement. You can change the grip. But at the end of the day, a vertical press is a vertical press. It's the same thing with the food. The principles, you can eat asparagus, Brussels sprouts, chicken, steak, and make it 8,000 different ways. But at the end of the day, it's chicken, it's a steak, it's asparagus, it's Brussels sprouts. The principles of real food are going to be the key. And the people who attempt to try, you know, these extreme diets for long periods of time or even try to go like forever, a lot of them end up gaining like all the way back and, and then some. And they have studies on this that we can share and you guys can find too. And they do have studies that show that the diets, like the the, the ones that are just, you know, you, you know all the names. I'm not going to sit here and rag on anybody if this is the way you eat. And if it works for you, awesome, respect. You found you found your, you know, square peg and square hole. That's awesome. But for a lot of people, the failure rate is super high. Like 95% of the failure rate for long-term fat loss and weight loss, it, it, it literally is because people just can't keep up with whatever lifestyle they did to take the weight off with. Does that make sense? So if you're the person who you did... Uh, Whole30, or you did, you went vegan, or you did uh, carnivore, or paleo, or you name it, or keto, and you lost 50 pounds, the failure rate of that is almost 
like when they have studies of people who, who have been honest and go through because they couldn't maintain that lifestyle moving forward and they didn't change the principles and habits so they gained all the weight back. So, and you'll hear people say this, well, I'm going to diet just till I get here and then I'm going to go back to what I was doing. It doesn't work that way, dude. It's not like paid off debt and then you're going to go back to like these old stupid spending habits. Like it doesn't work that way. Like you'll just find yourself back in debt. Does that make sense? Like you paid off all your credit card balances by budgeting and being really diligent. And then you're like, fuck it. Now I'm going to go back to just buying stuff on Amazon or at the mall, like nobody's business. You're going to find yourself back into the $20,000 of debt. If you don't change the fundamental underlying principles and problem, it's the same thing with eating. You can't do keto and lose hundred pounds and then go back to eating cinnamon rolls and cookies and cakes and chips every single day because all the weight's going to come back. And that's where people fail. They've, they're trying to put a bandaid on a gunshot wound. We want to fix the gunshot wound and then have the proper principles moving forward. And again, there's research that is going to show you that, you know, a lot of the people who, who did those extremes, they end up putting all that weight back on and a lot of times even more weight. And it leads to kind of like this vicious cycle of the yo-yo dieting. And a lot of people listening have kind of been through that. Um, and now we have the research that shows. So that's why I just bring up the point of the, if it fits your macros and kind of the flexible dieting approach, because what that really does for people, it allows them to eat various foods and enjoy them in moderation if they can, which I'll talk about in a second. And that makes people a lot less likely to binge and cheat and go off the deep end and and literally just you know blow up their entire diet for a couple of days because it's not as restrictive for one and you're not saying I can't have this thing you're just choosing not to have it you can have a piece of pizza you just can't have 14 pieces of pizza it's again when people say oh you know they'll these alcohol commercials enjoy in moderation it's America look around do we do anything in fucking moderation? No, you know, I'm guilty of it too. Um, I have a certain level of control now. I'll put it this way. I have a psychopathic level of control now with what I do. So yeah, now I'm fine. But I wasn't for a long time, especially with alcohol. When I was younger, not only did it make me feel like shit, and there's a million other reasons why I wasn't doing it. I couldn't control it. When I was younger, I didn't have the proper on off switch. I had one switch. It was, all right, dude, crack a beer, and how quick can we get to, you know, blackout, pee your pants, head about the wall, shit-faced. That was the mode. And if you had anything less than, like, 10 or 12 beers, well, you're just being soft as hell. Now I'm an older man. Uh, that's not where I am. I can enjoy things in moderation and keep it moving. And for a lot of people, flexible dieting allows you to do that if you have the control mechanism. It lets you say, hey, I can have a, an ice cream. Hey, I can have some chips. And you're not as restrictive. And you're not feeling like you have to have three bags of chips or you're not depriving yourself for two weeks and then stuffing yourself with two pizzas and falling completely off the fucking wagon and then putting on 10, 20, 30 pounds over the course of the next couple of weeks or a couple of months or you go on vacation and you just go fucking ham and you have drinks all day and every meal is out to eat and you're not exercising or it's the holidays and you just, you're moving less and you're eating way more and you're like, I'm going to have all the Christmas cookies and I'm going to eat all the shit here and have all the drinks because I haven't had it for two months. 
which is something that I've seen here for years, where people get really dialed in and they're so restrictive and they're so focused. And then they get to the point where it's just like it's too restrictive and it's too, you know, dialed in and they just completely fucking lose it. Now, some people do great with that. But more often than not, they fall back into their old habits and rituals and routines because they didn't fix the underlying problem and they couldn't figure out how to make it part of their lifestyle. They looked at it as like, this is a 30-day thing. This is a 22-day thing. This is a 52-day thing. We are focusing on something you can sustainably do for life and really just intuitively understand what works for your body and what doesn't. Now, flexible dieting, I think is great. It's basically the way that I eat. Uh, I'll talk about that in a second. I don't deprive myself. I can have anything, any day that I want. Full disclaimer, most days I just choose not to because I I like to feel good. That's my number. The number one reason I do this is because I want to feel good. That's it. The number two thing, uh, I want to perform well. I still want to be able to do all the athletic shit, and that's still important to me for some weird reason. I want to be able to dunk a basketball, run a mile in under six minutes, deadlift 500 pounds. Like, I, I, There's things I want to be able to still do. I just think they're fucking cool. Not for anybody else, but for me. Three, I want to look good. I just do. Um, yeah, I'm a 39-year-old you know, Bruce Willis lookalike who's more jacked and more tan, but I still give a shit, and I want to... like feel good in my body. I want to look like, even if I look old, I want to look like an athlete. I just do. I like that. That's become my avatar. It matters to me. That's the the eating decisions I make are based off that. And so it works for me in that way. And the flexible dieting approach fits me in my lifestyle and the amount of control I have now. When I was younger, I don't think it would have. I would have binged, which I did multiple times, way too much. And I'll talk about that. With the drinking, 100%, I had to have, like not do it at all because I couldn't fucking control it. That's a real thing. And there's a lot of things like I was just addicted to that I had to let go. And so depending on your personality type and who you are and how much control you have, the flexible dieting and the if it fits your macros doesn't work for everybody. Because some people struggle with overeating by nature, with portion size, with moderation, with proper food uh, intake, obviously. And uh, if they have one chip, then they have 30 chips. And that tends to snowball uh, out of control. And so there's probably other dieting styles and methods and eating protocols that can be better for you. And this might not be your thing. You can try it, see if it works. And sometimes it's just trigger foods, right? Which we've talked about before on here where it's like, hey, you know, uh, peanut butter, for example, that used to be a trigger food for me. I've gotten really good with it. Thank the Lord that Justin make those uh, individual packets because that's helped me understand what two tablespoons really is. Um, and just not eating things in the same patterns I was eating them in and not doing the same things I used to be doing and finding foods that fit better with my goals and what I want to do. So again, there's something that works for everyone, but a long, long time ago, I used to be the person who would eat perfect, like, you know, six days a week. And then it come Friday and there's a pizza place here called Oregano's. Most people who live here are familiar with it. Um, is it my favorite? No, but it's fucking awesome. And um, if you want a good pizza place to go, they, they, everything they do there is good. I, I don't think anybody can disagree. Uh, their wings are great. Their salads are great. Uh, their sweet potato fries, 
on point and their pizzas are awesome now back in the day we used to do this super super deep dish where it's like you got to call like an hour ahead to eat it and that shit is so heavy dude you'll weigh 15 pounds more by the time you walk out the door but eventually i graduated from that and we would go and i'd eat perfect all week heather and i would go and we'd get uh like sometimes even an appetizer, which is disgusting that we would do that, um, or the wings or something. And then like, let me get two pizzas and like sweet potato fries. And I would eat like almost two whole pizzas and Heather would eat some of it and some of the sweet potato fries. And then I'm like, well, then I need a pizzuki. And that's like that. They come out with a skillet. It's the warm cookie, uh, bottom, like chocolate chip cookie, and then, uh, ice cream on the top. And that's what I would do. And I would go home and I would, you know, still have abs, but it looked like a pregnant person with abs and then, um, feel like a complete bag of shit for like the next day and a half. And I would do that consistently. Uh, or I'd meet my, my boy, Ben, we'd go to this place called Santisi brothers in the hood, watch UFC because we were too cheap back in the day to buy it. And then just sit there and drink diet Cokes and crush pizza. And they had multiple pizzukis there. So we would do the pizza cookies, uh, from there. And I would do that and just feel like just a bag of shit. They were super extremes or I'd, I'd come home and I'd get like a whole, um, pint of Ben and Jerry's ice cream with like a bunch of cookies and a bunch of other shit after I ate burgers and fries and like I would stuff all that in my body and then feel like trash. So perfect six days a week and then binge super hard, which again, could I get away with it? Cause my whole week is in a deficit and still be ripped and shredded and look good. Yes, I could, but I felt like shit and it started a bad habit for me in a routine of saying, well, I can't do this on Wednesday. I can't do any of this on Thursday. I can't have any chips on Tuesday. I can't even have a cookie on Thursday. But man, when it comes Saturday, fuck it, who cares? That's an eating disorder. Like, in my opinion, that's not healthy. It's the same way I looked at like when we used to compete, where people wouldn't eat anything for eight weeks, 10 weeks, 12 weeks, 16 weeks. And the minute they get off stage, they're just, you know, crushing Sour Patch Kids and M&Ms. Like they're, you know, going extinct. Like, let me eat a whole bag of M&Ms and a whole bag of Sour Patch Kids. Like, because you didn't have for 16 weeks, now you got to eat every fucking one that exists. Like that to me, there's psychological things that are going on there that I don't have time to talk about on this podcast. And we'll bring Ashley Weens back on. Some other people have competed. We can, we can go deep on that. But the point is, I'm not a huge fan of the eat nothing and then go insanely crazy. And I'll talk about the cheats and, and treat meals here in a second. But just know, you guys, something works for everybody, um, which is great. There's something out there that's going to work for you to get control of your eating and your drinking habits. I promise you that. But it's also super hard because we're all different. We all have work to do on our own. Um, We all have our own triggers. We all have our own cravings. We all have our own, you know, motives for why we do things. And sometimes we default to food and alcohol as like a stress reliever or a release. And that's kind of our, the way we can, you know, I guess, feel better in the moment, even though it digs the hole deeper and you have that eater's remorse and drinking remorse, you know, kind of down the line. I do think a lot of people are better if they have help from a coach uh, from a program and some accountability. I really do think that's, uh, that's critical for a lot of people. And again, I'm not trying to sell you on anything we do. If you want to join our stuff, great. If not find somebody local, if you don't want to do that, then do it on your own. But I can promise you, I would not be as successful as I am if I had not had the, 
you know, the mentors, the community and the groups and still have the mentors, the community and the groups and the people around me. And that isn't just talking about like personal life shit. That's talking about my business. That's talking about my, you know, eating habits. That's talking about my training habits, my sleeping habits, you know, iron sharpens iron. It really does. And if you can have a a good circle of people uh, to connect to and ask questions with, you're going to be more successful, especially when it comes to eating stuff. It really does. I have some of the smartest people in my phone. I've had some of the smartest people on this podcast in terms of, you know, uh, behaviors and habits and mindfulness and nutrition and gut health, you name it. Like that's become my circle. You can do the same thing if you work with us or with somebody else. So I'm just throwing that out there because with the eating stuff, it's nice to have somebody to ask questions to, even if they're things you already know, whether it's to affirm the things you know are right or to correct the things that, you know, might be wrong with the way that you eat. So if I dig into this part real quick here, I, I got to go. It's what time is it? One, one Oh five. I thought it was gonna start this hour. It's been a crazy day here, but I want to get this out to you guys because I've got a busy week next week and who knows what's going on. Anyways, I digress. I'm going to talk about the cheat meals here, um, and I'm just going to revisit them real fast. Uh, I touched on briefly here the uh, old me versus the new me. You know, how I used to do it back in the day is just go completely, you know, bonkers, and I can share some of the most disgusting, <clears throat> excuse me, meals and things I've done before, but now how I do it, I eat most days, typically one meal a day. That works for me. I'll do a new episode here. Um on my eating and training to go in more detail. If you guys really want to hear it, shoot me a message uh, on the app or Instagram or Facebook or email and say, hey, Jeremy, I'd really like to hear that. <clears throat> but how I used to do it was terrible. Now I eat, you know, pretty much one meal a day or, you know, sometimes like a little pre-meal and then my meal. So I guess some days it'd be like a snack and a meal or, t- or two meals if you want to look at it that way. But, um, and I've shared that uh, on the app. You guys got the full breakdown of what I do um, before that. But that's most days, and then usually one day a week, um, almost always Saturday, like Friday we took David Jack out um, for dinner, so that was it, but most of the times it's like on a Saturday, just because that's the easiest day for me, and I can come in here on Sunday and uh, kind of run through everything, and it kind of fuels me for my workout, if you will, uh, but again, I don't go crazy enough to where I feel like shit, because I don't want to feel like trash when I come in here, and I don't want to go to sleep and feel like trash, and who knows, maybe I want to have dinner. And uh, have sex with my wife, you know. And if you're feeling super bloated and gross and you're farting a lot, odds are you're not going to get any action. At least that's, I mean, I, I wouldn't want to get with her if she was doing that. So I imagine it's the same for me. So my point is, is I still, I'll enjoy myself, but not to the point of where I make myself feel sick. So same thing. Maybe I'll have a, you know, a couple burgers and some fries and uh, like some healthy ice cream treats uh, and call it a night, you know, or same thing. I do burgers and fries a lot just because it's easy um, for me, and I'm from the Midwest, and that's just, that's just how I grew up. And uh, or maybe these healthy cinnamon rolls that we do make, which are super addicting. And we I bought them yesterday, um, but I didn't make them, so I still we still have them. But uh, that's it. It's not super crazy. And then during the week, if I want to have something, I'll have something. Like if I want to have a <clears throat> Halo Top, like a healthier ice cream treat, they're like these 150 calorie ice cream bars, or there's these little um, gluten-free, dairy-free. I think they're nut-free too. These little ice cream sandwiches are like a hundred calories, but to me, they taste as close to the things I ate, you know, when I was a kid. So I might have, you know, some Ezekiel, uh, you know, muffins with some peanut butter and a little bit of honey on it. And one of those on like a, a Wednesday and I don't feel bad about it. Like it fits my macros. 
it's all real food for the most part. I mean, the ice cream treat isn't, but I'm not depriving myself. I don't feel like I got to go run to Dairy Queen and eat three blizzards. I'm like, I got my fix and I'm good to go. That works for me. And when I do those windows, if, if I'm going to eat more like, hey, I'm going to have a couple burgers and some French fries and, you know, uh, or maybe it's, hey, I'm going to have a couple brats. Again, I'm from the Midwest. Um, some brats, some wings. I'm going to put some dairy-free ranch on it, ketchup, fries, you know, you name it. I just set a timer and I, I do like a one-hour window. And I say, I'm going to do it for an hour and that's it. I'm not going to, you know, eat after this. I'm not going to sit here for the next three hours and just keep pigging out and trying to stuff my face. And honestly, for most people, like once your stomach's full, it's full, especially if you're drinking water and you're hydrated. Now that's the key. I always hydrate every day, but I really am mindful of it on the days where I'm going to eat something. Uh, especially if I go to the store and buy it or we make it, I'll, I'll make sure I pound like a 50 ounce water or like at least a hundred ounces of water. Um, if it's like an hour or two before, just to make sure my cues are right. So my hunger cues are not confused with my thirst cues, because then you can find yourself in, you know, a world of overeating. Or if you're somebody who likes to dabble in, you know, cannabis and you get a little bit too, uh, loose with the dosage and you, you know, too many edibles or you're smoking a little bit too much and you get the munchies like to a level that a normal person doesn't get. You can find yourself getting in some deep overeating waters. I've been there. Um, I think all of us have. And it's uh, it's fun, I guess, until you wake up and you're like, wow, I feel like a complete piglet. So not good. But if you're somebody who's listening to this and you're, you're not already fit and you really want to speed things up, but you still want to, you know, kind of have your cheat and treat meals. One, if you can do the flexible dieting approach, it's cool. Tracking your macros, I think is key and understanding where those are at and what you're trying to do for the weeks, so or are you trying to be in a deficit? And if you are, how much can you go over that, like on a weekend or a weekday, or if you're just going to say, fuck it, in this 60 minute window, I'm going to eat whatever I want. I'm not going to track any of the macros and that's fine. Then just live to, to be back on track the next day. I'm cool with that too. But if I was not you know, where I wanted to be. And I was trying to, to really speed things up, uh, you know, be flexible if you can and know your personality type for sure. And have a cheat meal a week, or if you really want to be gangster, have one every two weeks, you know, so every 14 days, you're gonna have one, you know, kind of meal that you get a little bit, um, you get a little bit loose with. Again, d- depending on your personality type and your eating style and your journey and how restrictive you do or don't want to be, that might be a good option for some of you guys. But for a lot of people, I think, you know, going out with your husband or wife and, and, you know, enjoying some of the culinary delights of the world today. Uh, I don't got a problem with that for sure. I think for a lot of people, especially if you're being, you know, um, I don't want to say restrictive, but if your, your calories are in a deficit, I do think it can help stimulate, you know, your metabolism. Um, especially if it's been a, a decent period of time, seven days, 10 days, 14 days, And again, you can still have a life with your loved ones, you know, just like I do. And I enjoy myself and I don't think twice about it and I do what I want. Again, I am still eating foods that agree with me. I'm not going to go, you know, order. uh, I'm trying to think of like, what would I never get? Like, hey, we have this um, spicy chorizo uh, bowl or these like, you know, insanely hot uh, tacos. Like, no, I don't do the spicy stuff. I grew up. Again, in Minnesota, uh, my dad used to have us eat pace, picante, salsa. Like, that's about as spicy as I got, man. Like, eh, again, I eat 
the salsa that's here now, because it's a thousand times better, no offense to anybody in the Midwest, but this is the Southwest, what we do. Um, but it's still, I get the mild, man. I, I can't do spicy, dude. I remember like even going to Chipotle, which I don't eat at, um, years ago. And I would try to eat it. And I just, I would keep trying to make it unspicy and unspicy. Like Chipotle is too spicy for me. That's how weak I am when it comes to that. So, so I know I can't do that. So even if it's something that I want to do and it, it's something that smells good and it looks like it tastes good and, and it probably does. And then I, I'm just not going to do it because it doesn't agree with me. It's the same way where I'm not going to go to Cold Stone and get this giant ice cream because that's so much dairy and it's so much sugar and it's so much artificial softener and all the other stuff they put in there. I know what I feel like when I eat that and it causes major havoc on my body and I'm not willing to do that. So again, eating things that agree with your body. And again, like I said, I enjoy a treat meal once a week, maybe some weeks if my training schedule is super crazy, I might do, you know, two meals um, that are a little bit out of my normal range. But again, I'm a person, this is what I do for a living. My body fat is in single digits, 365 days a year. And uh, my workload and my training is, is hard sometimes. And so, I guess it would warrant two meals that are, you know, in abundance of calories and maybe outside of the normal things that I would eat. Now, with that said, again, I follow a certain set of rules to make sure I never go overboard. Like I believe you guys can as well. Like one, limit um, your food to restaurants, I think is is a huge key for the, the cheat meals because I don't want to buy anything or risk having any leftovers at my house. That's why I buy the single serving stuff. And if I'm going to enjoy it and do it, it's just like a one-time meal thing and that's it. So if it's a restaurant, you go there, you eat at the restaurant and you go. You don't bring home a doggy bag. Nothing comes with you. You're not having leftovers because you made a bunch of stuff at your house. It's a one meal thing, maybe for you and your wife or you and your husband or just for you and your partner and just for you. And that's it. And you're done. Or just buy the single serving stuff. Don't buy a, you know, a 50 pack of cookies if there's a two pack there. Just buy the two. Eat the two, call it a day. Don't have 48 cookies tempting you all day because they'll be calling your name. You know what I'm talking about. And they'll keep luring you back in or you'll stare at them as you walk by and you'll stare at them as you walk by. And eventually, most people are going to crack. So keep it to a restaurant. Next thing, limit it to an hour. Like I said, um, it's not a whole day. An hour's enough. It really is. You don't have to start eating pancakes at breakfast and having club sandwiches at lunch and then having, you know, pizza for dinner. It's just, it's a recipe for disaster. It really is. I don't need, I don't see why you need a whole day um, to eat like an asshole. I really don't. Again, like I mentioned, if you go somewhere, don't take anything home. And again, when the 60 minute window is up, it's up. That's it. On the days that you work out, I think are the best days to do it because you have this higher output, especially the days when you're working out harder, pushing a sled, deadlifting, doing split squats. Maybe it's a, a terrible Metcon or you're doing a longer uh, endurance uh, duration type day. I think that's a great day to put in extra calories um, or, and especially the next day too, because you can use that abundance of calories and use all that energy that you just consumed to make you have a better workout. And I always work out hard on the day I'm going to enjoy some things. And I'll do a little bit longer duration typically. I'm not saying, you know, you're trying to over out exercise it or any of that stuff. I go, this is just, this is what works for me. And this is how I physically feel the best. That's what I like to do. And then I come in the next day and I personally fast 
um, as long as I can. And I'll do the workout here. So like last, like, okay, most days what I'll do, like most Saturdays, I'll have burgers and fries and maybe some healthier ice cream or some cinnamon rolls or whatever. And then I'm done eating at like, I don't know, eight o'clock because I'm like a 90 year old deep down. And then I go to sleep, you know, by 10 for sure. And uh, I'll come in here the next day and I'll work out at 8am with our advanced Metcom people and I'll fast the majority of the day. Um, like I do every other day. So right now it's 115. I haven't eaten yet and I feel fine because I ate an abundance of calories the day before. Does that make sense what I'm saying? So that's usually what works for me, but I like to train on the days that I'm going to put in those extra calories. I just find um, I process the food a lot better, if that makes sense to you guys. And I found when I'm, you know, trying to make a transformation or when I'm trying to change, or when I'm trying to be even leaner, um, let's say for like a video or like a photo shoot or whatever we have going on, um, I don't want to throw things into my body that make me feel, you know, not ideal. And so I'm choosier with those meals even more so. And I'm not saying you guys have to do that. I'm just saying what works for me. Um, but what I know I do is if something's calling my name, I got I just got to, it's an itch you got to scratch, right? Like if you're saying, you know, I really want some fish tacos, like I'm going to get some fucking fish tacos, man. Like I'm just going to do it. And uh, if it's, you know... Pizza is probably the only thing I really refrain from and don't do just because I haven't been doing dairy and I just, again, I'm not against it. I'm not saying it's inflammatory. In fact, when you look at a lot of the research, it's either uh, net neutral or it's like anti-inflammatory um, in a lot of cases if it's the real dairy products. And you guys can look up the research on that and I'm happy to share it too. But for me, pizza is probably the one thing I kind of like do fight myself on just for the fact of I... I I tend to overeat on it. It's one. It's like my. I don't want to say it's my kryptonite, but it's um. It's a tougher one for sure, and uh, I just tend to eat more than I set out to eat, and I tend to process it uh, not as good as other things. If I can make this as not disgusting as possible, uh, it just it doesn't usually sit as well with me. Sometimes it does and, and sometimes it doesn't depending on where we go and how much it is in the volume and anything. So the point is, is that it, if I want to eat something, I'm going to eat it. And uh, I want it to satisfy my cravings. And, and I also want to promote a good workout the next day. And that's kind of how I go about it. Like I want it to fill the void. Like, if I'm, hey man, I really want some chips and, and guacamole, like some legit, you know, table side made chips and guac. Like I'm going to go get it. And I'm going to be cool about it because it's going to satisfy my craving and it's going to make me, you know, you know, feel decent and uh, hopefully promote a good workout the next day. So, again, those are just basic tips. They're nothing super complex, but I hope you guys found something specific in there um, that can help you with flexible dieting or, or with, you know, kind of the if it fits your macros type lifestyle, or even if it is like how you're going to navigate cheat meals and, and treat meals. Um, I just think for most people, if you're going to go like the the, the, the treat and, uh, and cheat meal route, if you can just not keep things in the house, or if you're going to bring them home, and you're going to cook them yourself, which I'm a huge fan of too, just not buying so much and making so much that you have it for the next three days. And that's the hard part with making like, you know, brownies or cookies or cakes. Um, if you're going to have a slice or two, that's cool. But if you still got 10 more slices, 
you know, and you don't have people around there to eat them, odds are they're going to find you because very few people have the self-discipline to, uh, just throw away those things. Cause they think it's like a waste of money, even though it's going to, like I talked about earlier, cost you more to eat it than it would cost you to throw it away. Um, and a lot of people just aren't going to throw, you know, cookies into a, a trash can and then spray them with Windex because if they don't, they're going to find themselves reaching in there like George Costanza and eating stuff off the top of the trash like I have done many, many years ago. You know, you have some low points in your life, uh, like as an adult, like you pee your pants or you eat, you know, uh, cookies out of a trash can. These are things I've done. So I'm coming at you from a place of rock bottom, uh, hopefully trying to help you guys uh, navigate this a little bit better. And it's tough, man. It really is. But at the end of the day, you have to create an environment where you can be successful inside your own home. And sometimes the people you live with are going to have to just learn to fucking deal with that. They just are. And whether that's with your kids or your, or your partner or whoever, they just have to deal with it, man, because you're trying to be healthier and you can't let their wants or needs or whatever get in the way of your health. You just can't. Like, I don't know how else to say that with people. And I'm not telling you how to run your household because, you know, I don't run mine. I just live there and, and Heather lives there and, and you know, kind of runs most of the things. But uh, if I asked her, hey, can you not keep this in the house because it's going to make me, you know, feel like shit. It's going to tempt me. It's going to make me kind of break uh, some of the things I promised myself I didn't want to do. She would be willing to do that for me like I do for her. There's certain things that she asks me not to keep in the house or not to bring home and I don't. And uh, we do the same thing together. And uh, Or she's like, hey, if you bring this home, will you hide it? And I would do the same thing for her. I'm like, hey, if she came home every day and she was like, you know what, Jeremy? I really want to, uh, you know, eat, uh, let me think something that I would, I would probably snack on like Doritos, right? Um, you know, I don't care if they're nacho cheese or cool ranch. I eat them as a kid every day. I'm still fucking addicted to them. Um, but we never buy them. And if I do, I'll buy like the small, small bag and bring them home. But if Heather was like, Hey, you know what? I'm going to bring home giant family sized bags of Doritos and open them up and just leave them on the counter. Like it's like planting landmines all over the house. Like, why would you do that? Why are you trying to sabotage me? Like, we're on the same team, man. Same team, same team. Uh, so I don't know how you can frame that to your to your partner or, or people at your house, but if they're doing that and they have things that are going to tempt you, you know, maybe ask them to, I don't know, hide it from you or just not keep them around. And that, that could be, again, basic as Doritos, or it could be alcoholic drinks and, and other things. And it's tough, man. So what I'm saying is you have to create an environment that allows you to be successful and you have to have a certain set of guidelines and rules that you kind of live by that, uh, that keep you healthy and keep you on the right track. And you're, you're going to stumble and fall and have fuck ups and failures like we all do. But the main reason, and I say this a lot to you guys, that I have found any success in my personal life, in my professional life, in business and fitness is because of the environments that I put myself in and the people I surround myself with. I believe you're only as good as the environment that you're in all the time and the people that you are surrounded by. And I'm surrounded by some of the best fucking humans on the planet. And I've created an atmosphere and I've created a world where it plays to my strengths. And I, I really just focus on, on what I'm good at. And I try to drill down on the things that, that I'm going to be successful doing. And I set my lifestyle and my schedule up to play to those things. And yours might not be as extreme, but you can do the same in your own house for sure. 
you can plan, you can prep, you can take things with you, and you can start working through different eating styles and protocols and things that work. I'm going to eat two meals a day or four meals a day. I'm going to eat from here. I'm going to eat to here. I'm not going to have alcoholic drinks on this day, or I'm going to do this for this many days. You're going to start experimenting with different things. And the more you do that, the more you're going to find out what works and what doesn't work. And again, like I mentioned here earlier in this podcast, I try to tie everything together for you guys. Everything comes at a cost. And every struggle and every failure comes with a lesson and opportunity. So if you try an eating style and it doesn't work, there's a lesson there. There's an opportunity there to tweak something, to change something, to do something different So you become better moving forward and you're finding a sustainable lifestyle for you that works for you now. And the principles at the end of the day, no matter what eating style it is, no matter what you're doing, it's all real food, man. I say this all the time. It runs, it swims, it flies, it grows from the earth. It's as real as possible. Protein, produce, water, wash, rinse, repeat is the bulk of everything you're doing. And then the other stuff you're just squeezing in as you want around that. But that's the principle is always real food. But the style at which you put that together is going to uniquely fit you because we're all a little bit different in terms of what we need for our body and our personality type and our lifestyle and for performance in terms of how we look and move and feel. So hopefully that helped a lot of you guys. If you thought this was beneficial at all and you got a friend or family member who maybe, you know, needs to hear something about flexible dieting and finding a healthier lifestyle or talking about cheat meals and and kind of how we'll go about it please share it with them. Um, You might have said the same thing 500 times, but if they hear me say it, maybe this is the thing that just lights a fire under their ass and puts them on the right track. And if you guys have questions on this, feel free to reach out to me on the app, on Instagram, Facebook, uh, from our newsletter, whatever it is. Hit me up. I'm happy to, to help you as best I can. Again, we have a lot of nutrition pieces inside the app that are there to help you guys. We talk habits, we talk lifestyle, um, little hacks, all of our macro guides and smoothie guides and, and protein guides and sample meals are in there. And uh, I'm upsetting, uh, the upsetting, updating stuff constantly. Uh, I get a lot of requests lately for like, what does my one meal a day look like? So I will do a video on that here soon enough and put it inside the app for you guys um, so you can see it. But again, if you guys need something, just hit me up. And again, if you guys do want to check out the Jeremy Scott Fitness app, it's a buck uh, for 30 days only for like two more days now, and then we'll move to a different trial. So links in the show notes. If you want a sample of Athletic Greens, hit me up. Don't feel weird. Just fucking ask, man. If you want a sample of Beam, same thing. Just hit me up. I'm, I'm happy to do it for you guys. That's why I'm offering. And uh, other than that, if you're on uh, Apple Podcast, drop it a five-star and uh, leave a comment. I appreciate it. I love reading your guys' comments. I know Heather really does. And uh, we like seeing it. Selfishly, it helps us. And if you're on Spotify now, obviously you can do a five-star on Spotify. Uh, but the biggest thing is, you know, you guys just keep listening and uh, hopefully integrating these things into your life to, to live a healthier, happier life. And when you do share it with friends and family, and when you do post it on Instagram and Facebook, uh, we're always happy to reshare and we're always happy to hear your feedback and see you guys just kind of spreading the word because this stuff should be taught uh, in school. And a lot of times it's not. And, and we're having to reteach it to adults in there you know, 30s and 40s and 50s and 60s. And it's crazy. But I do think this information can help you guys just just be more aware of your body and how it's working and the food you're putting into it and just be healthier. Because being healthy is the coolest fucking thing in the world, man. And a lot of that starts with the food that you put into your body and the way that you uh, 
make it fit your lifestyle. So thank you guys as always. If you're watching on YouTube, we appreciate it. Again, we're loading uh, almost all these to YouTube. As you guys can see, my office is kind of reconfigured here. We're going to start filming all of the uh, dual podcasts as well. So they'll be on YouTube for you guys. And uh, subscribe 100% for free. Jeremy's got fitness on YouTube. Otherwise, I will talk to you guys soon. So have an amazing rest of your Sunday. I'm going to try to get back on here. My travel schedule is getting real gnarly, you guys. I'm going to try to get back on here Thursday if I can. If not, the following week I have a finance podcast that's going to blow your face off. And I'm going to bring Heather on and we're going to talk about kind of her uh, 30-day alcohol experiment and all the things that uh, revolves around that. But if you have requests, hit me up as always. Otherwise, until next time, eat well, train hard, be nice to people, and please, you guys, keep doing shit you love with people you enjoy because your life is too short not to. I'll talk to you soon. Peace.